0: That's the art. That is the art of, uh, of uh, building great economy and game progression systems because it's a balance between pleasure and frustration.
1: How do you make a game go boom in 2023? Hello and welcome to Growth Masterminds. My name is John here. Today's a bit of a different Growth Masterminds. We're chatting with one of those people. He's a growth expert. He's been there, done that. VP Marketing, Head of Growth, SEO Manager, 20 experiences plus on LinkedIn, 20 years in games. sold his last company to Playtica, and spent the last six years helping brands and apps get big fast. His name is Alad Levy, and we're going to talk about making a game explode. Welcome, Elad
0: Hi, John. Nice meeting you. Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) Super pumped to have you. Awesome. Okay, let's make some assumptions here. We're going to talk about making games grow, and we'll talk from, you know, starting also to scaling, but let's make a couple assumptions. First assumption, it's a good game. Right. You know, we, we, okay. we, we built it. It works. It, 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 it's a good game. Maybe even really good, possibly great, but let's not assume that. Cause you know, if it's like astounding and amazing, it probably grows itself. Maybe, maybe that's a myth. I don't know, but let's assume it's a really good game. So it's got potential. And let's yeah. also assume we have some budget, a decent amount, you know, not we work blow billions overnight <laughs> budget, but we have some budget. Where okay. do we start?
0: Well, you actually jump through the whole part that is super hard like finding something <laughs> that actually clicks. But you
1: are uh, allowed to go back in time. You're the guest, you're in charge. And, uh, <laughs> no,
0: I mean it, it's okay, it's okay. Maybe that's a that's a different podcast, but uh, let's say that the game clicks, the KPR are there and you will be chased basically by every VC on earth to like accept their money.
1: Money because, in hand chasing you down.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly so i guess that your next step would be to swallow market share as fast as possible and you would need to double down on ua big time like a lot of user acquisition and in every possible channel and hopefully you had a good foundation before uh, doubling down on ua so the data Uh, points and tracking is there so you can measure it properly. If not, you can... Let's not
1: assume that. Let's not assume that. Let's assume that we, you know, we we built a game and we think it's fun and and people think it's fun and it's great, but, you know, we're kind of new to the growth game. You know, what do we need to do? So I
0: will uh, jump forward now and say you have like the executive team and you have the data, the marketing, and you're starting to push money in UA to scale now your next most important tasks in games and i'm specifically focusing on games that let's call it game as a service or games that live for a very long time is to maximize your lifetime value out of every player and the only way to do that is through live ops and crm activity other other industries actually call it crm in the games industry they mix it with live ops but basically continue and automating content pushing to players, optimizing pricing, upselling, uh, focusing on conversion, and continue to maximize lifetime value while working hand in hand with the UA teams to make sure that the channels that they bring tie back to those who bring the maximum value of those players, the, the best players, and not just uh, the one that go in and out or churn very fast. So that will How do that you- will. That is like the biggest step because the, the higher you maximize your LTV, your lifetime value, the the more you can bid when you buy uh, players because you already know that mm-hmm. in I don't know eighteen months that player is going to give me back I don't know two hundred dollars so you can you can compete on a completely different level and you can buy really expensive if you want to. So yes. that really changes yeah. the game.
1: How do you work with live ops and product together? Because your your game, your app is always changing. You're you're adding new content, new seasons, new new levels, um, new uh let's say ships or, or, or weapons, yeah. right? Uh new challenges, all that stuff. And and you've got your live ops as well. So you're 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 always fixing the plane or building the plane while you're flying no, the plane. How think do you inter- think about in- it
0: as a journey? and the beauty of uh, having the right technology in place is that you can create new journeys for every new user so like let's say that there is like new users that go through new journeys and there are existing users that already go through some sort of a journey and mm-hmm. and there are maybe people that players that are likely to churn or already churn and you want to re- reactivate them and that is that is another like uh, treatment but if you focus on those that love and engage and play the game a lot then that basically has you can treat it as like a completely different it's a running product it's live and you need to continue feeding them so if they're watching their favorite series on netflix you just need to continue pumping seasons but if it's new users and that series is not appealing to them you'll have to find some like some else something else to convert them and to hook them on to you know like f- find another hook basically the game will stay the same but it changes a lot if the whole onboarding experience is different if you're coming from this angle or from that angle
1: it's really funny um to hear you talk about that because i have one game that i play most of the time <laughs> and, and you know I, I can I have this continue i have this continual fantasy right i have this continue i will get good enough i will have enough stuff i will accumulate enough power that i will be amazing and unstoppable but my win loss ratio in my battles is always around in and around 50% sometimes a little higher sometimes 55 sometimes it dips down to 44 and i think oh man they really want me to buy something now don't they and like, it's a mountain that you never stop climbing that's the art
0: that is the art of, uh, of uh, building great economy and game progression systems because it's a balance between pleasure and frustration. Basically, those are the most successful games. Some days you're super happy. Some days you want to throw the phone out the window. <laughs> but that, yes. that balance between pleasure and frustration, like, uh, th- that is what builds amazing games.
1: Interesting. So yeah. if I built a game and it was all pleasure. That no, people work. will
0: churn. And if, it, and, yeah, and if it's too hard, people will churn as well. If it's too easy, they churn. If it's too hard, they churn. It's always like that. I mean, yes. I see my mom yes. play. My mom is 75. She still plays Candy Crush. She's like in level, I don't know, over a thousand or something. She's playing for years. <laughs> and she already learned. And she's no, uh, she's really no computer or games expert, but she already realized that when the when she lets go of the when she cannot pass a level, she lets go of the game, and after like a few, (laughs) all of a sudden she can pass because you know this is this whole thing is manipulated. Everything is manipulated. That's the beauty. She's
1: gaming the game. She's telling the game, "Hey, I'm not looking." I'm, I'm about away. to churn. Yeah, I'm about to churn. <laughs> do something. Yeah, I'm exactly. about to churn. Give me something. Do something. Exactly. Oh, a little tip for gamers here. You want to pass the yeah. next level? Stop playing for two or three days.
0: Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, usually in, in seven days of no login is a, a funnel we call LTC, likely to churn. <laughs> mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, yeah. so you're doing live ops. Um, you're 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 building the mountain that never ends, and yeah. and you're 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 adding seasons and content and other things like that. So so that that's all working working well for you. Talk about scaling this to a significant size. We're not just talking a small game. It's doing well. It's making you you know low seven figures or something like that. Talk about scaling to the next level.
0: Well, this is where you need to be able to combine the whole thing, the, the, the whole nine yards, technology and product and automation. And anyway, UA, you need to combine and automate everything in a way that uh, you can pump more and more and more content. Now to do that is not that easy because even if you automate, you need a lot of people. And this is where the company starts really growing in the amount of people because more art, if it's a narrative game, oh my God, like the amount of like, that's the worst. It's a content treadmill that never ends because you have to like continue writing and writing content with no end. And every, that also requires rethinking the whole way you manage your R and D teams. And uh, and when you launch features, giving them more independence, so the whole thing can be launched on its own and, you know, doing a lot of automation, but this is really next level stuff. And when companies reach that size, most of the time, the original CEO would probably not be the same CEO because it's one thing to manage, I know, 50 people or 10 or 20 or a hundred and then crossing a thousand or over 500.
1: Yeah. There are some people who are interested in building stuff and there's some people who are interest, interested in scaling yeah. uh, and managing stuff. We talked a little bit as we prepped about AI, uh, generative AI yeah. and, and and AI in other areas, where can that help people who are working to scale their games?
0: I would actually go back for a second and there are more ways, I mean, to grow and some of them will take the same game, reskin it and try to launch, a, you know, a similar game to because you already have the engine. So, you know, you can do the same thing with a different theme and then capture mm-hmm. more market share. Some some of them would try to do that.
1: Another game in the scapes series.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly, yes. yes. Yes, exactly. And they're all great by the way. They're all great. Yes. Ton of art, ton of, you know, ton of content, ton of like, there's a story. There. The game is not the match tree. The game is the story and fixing things. That's yes. the game itself. That's the actual game. <laughs> but yeah, uh, which means more, you know, UA and more playable ads and more everything. But some would probably do, try to do that, which is logical. It makes sense. Some would be brave and try to do a completely different game. I actually do not recommend that because it's, uh, it's crazy. I mean, if you specialize the genre, then, then you already know the UA numbers, you know, the ARP DAO, you know, you know, all the KPIs. So if you launch a similar one, you know, there's always a place for a second spot or in the third and the fourth. And, you know, there's a lot of low hanging fruit and you can make a version that is maybe, maybe you target with the first version, the high paying countries, like the tier one countries, but you can maybe do like a third world country where you focus mostly on ads and not on in-app purchases. There are so many ways. Uh, And if you take content that is really amazing, for example, Angry Birds, they took the same content and squeezed it, and after running it on every possible device, they started making movies. And <laughs> because you have an IP at that point, you know it becomes an IP, and that IP is valuable. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. there are very creative ways to continue growing. And good, uh, good, good, good. About the okay, AI, um, yeah, the AI point that yes. you mentioned. Well, I uh, I didn't really see. I see a lot of experiments, but all of them miss polish. I think that on the content generation, this is where it really like the generative AI. You can say that is where I see it helping the most when you need to create. I don't know more text or more art. I mean, let's let's take hidden object games, for example. That's one of the biggest nightmares in the games industry because content is so hard to make. Uh, if you can automate that, obviously, that would be amazing. So there are a lot of opportunities. You know, in I see that three,
1: quite a bit, actually. In Max
0: 3, we actually have a client that has, like, the, the whole level building is uh, o- automated. So it, it builds the level and then it plays it to see how it plays and and if it's good, it moves on to the next. So there's already wow. like things that are out there.
1: Yes, so, yes. Uh, automation that isn't necessarily AI. I've seen that in terms of uh, generative AI, um, people creating objects, whether um, that might be a weapon, that might be a, a power-up or something like that. And that's happening right now. I- I've seen a CEO who's spending $8,000 a month to give all of, his or her i don't know which it was employees open ai subscription to open ai right and said hey that you know this is cheap 20 dollars a month for each employee you know is just it's a it's a it's a force multiplier uh it makes them more efficient more effective and get more done um and so i think that we're 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 still early in those days but i think that people are already getting some of those benefits yeah Uh, do you see um How do you see AI being used in user acquisition?
0: Well, probably in the ads side, I mean, there's already automation that is used Mm -hmm. for years with different tools out there, but uh, well, if in a magic, for example, in dive, we currently hook up data insight back and feed it back to singular to optimize Mm -hmm. ua campaigns you could possibly put an ai engine to do the whole thing but to be honest it's really hard to trust a computer to do everything (laughs) you have to like supervise it somehow so i mean it sounds great it's it sounds really like a, a Skynet and stuff, but the bottom line is just, (laughs) you need someone to supervise it because if it goes crazy, it will just start, you know, (laughs) creating campaigns all over the place and go wild.
1: Yep, yep, yep. And you talked actually as well about just plain old hardcore data analysis in concert with product to see what's going on in the game.
0: Yeah. So I think there are several, uh, steps in data first, getting it right. Like getting the foundation, right? Because if the data is inaccurate, everything you build on top of it is we call it garbage in garbage out. That's like the Mm (laughs) insight that you get. Mm -hmm. But if the data foundation is clean and organized, then you can start getting The first insight with the data analyst working back to back with a good product manager and optimizing, like, let's check this feature. Let's check that feature. Let's see how the users that, I don't know, a correlation. That's something that I, I love doing a lot in games, like the users who completed like this achievement on the second day. Uh, what did they do in the days after that? Did it lead to more mm-hmm. engagement, to more sessions, to more revenue? So that's, there's a lot of work that can be done with, with a couple of people that work a lot of hours in mm-hmm. the same office or a <laughs> zoom call or whatever you call it. And then. The next step after that would probably be machine learning, mostly recommendation engines and regression analysis where uh, you try to predict uh, models like churn or predicting uh, paying users because even if, you can, if, even if you can predict something that eventually lead to a more engaged user, then that mm-hmm. is enough to feed it back to the UA engine and optimize it based on that instead of the boring like when you, you do UA today, it's super boring. It's like either installs or revenue, and those who really like take it to the next level, big companies growth. That's that's what you ask growth. Uh, they like start feeding custom events, custom actions back back to the UI, back to Google, back to Facebook, back to the. Um, a UA uh, channel so that they can optimize according to that because they found the correlation of people that use this weapon end up playing more time a day. Why? I don't know. That's what the data said. But it there's a ton of things often that you can find do with, uh, machine learning and prediction and tying it yeah. back to the game or to UA or,
1: yeah. Lots of things. Do you often find it's some of those correlations of things that you wouldn't have thought of? It's the non-obvious sort of KPI. It's the, it's the one that, you know, how, why does that work? It's, some, it's often those things that are most predictive. To be honest, most of the time you do something and you
0: have no idea how it's going to affect and what it is going to affect exactly. Like you can, it can be a button, it can be a color. 20 years ago, we used to A-B test colors, you know. Uh, so yes. I know red would be, I know, it's an alert color. Uh, blue is relaxing, green is like, go for it. But then, I don't know, red would be in one country would like be one thing in another country, maybe it would be another thing. So the whole world of data insight and personalization is so huge that when you get to AI, for me, it's like so much down like the road. There's so much work be- before that to be done that, uh, you know, and most of the big companies, you know, most of the data team is busy on that. And then you maybe have like a small team that is doing the AI, the fun stuff that, okay. you know, maybe don't move the needle that much of you know of the company <laughs> but you know but it sounds good on podcasts and conferences
1: <laughs> yeah sounds good on the podcast looks exactly. good in the investor deck exactly. all that stuff yeah. Yeah, exactly. um, I, I suspect that will shift as we're seeing massive innovation in ai but of course there's always a lag effect between shiny new tools and productive application exactly. of those exactly, in- yeah. Operational scenarios.
0: Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's one thing on, to yeah. like, you know. It's one one thing is the buzz, and then another thing is how really useful it is. You know. So it's exactly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it takes mm-hmm. time for it to sink, and it will probably sink at some point because the early work is really amazing. But I I don't know. I mean, if you're even if you're a small to mid size game studio. I don't know if that's, it's, again, it's good for raising funds, but uh, <laughs> that's, it's a completely different story when you get to, it. you can, you know, uh, generate text and content, but, you know, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, maybe you'll go over it and there's like typo mistakes or the, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or the content mm-hmm. is irrelevant. Or, you know, it's small things that when someone is very engaged with the product, he will he will find those details super fast. Like, if you watch your favorite series like, on Netflix and they would do something, like an AI, I don't know, um, computer would generate a new computer or change something, you would, hey, that doesn't make sense. you will notice in a second you know i
1: will say i will say this that um chat gpt by openai is pretty amazing it is whatever i've seen i'm a subscriber and whatever i've seen from it has been incredible and not obviously to the human eye um machine generated also, you can tell it to adopt a persona. So if you could at some point, and I don't think you can do this with ChatGPT, but perhaps you will in the future with productized AIs around this, to adopt a persona. To adopt, and that persona is is you know kind of how you present your game or or the the flavor. It might work. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. It might Anyways, work. Anyways, a lot. Of, this has been super interesting um yeah. and and super relevant. Maybe let's um Let's end at the beginning. Um as we started and I started asking about scaling and growing, you said you, know, you skipped the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Talk briefly about Yeah, the you, hard you part jumped to bringing, like you already
0: built Westworld <laughs> and you still
1: <laughs> Exactly. It's perfect. <laughs> Clash of clans, here you go, in your lap, market it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You already built the yeah, like, you know, Um Yeah, the the initial work is it's insane and most of the game studios do it wrong and in a way we we work on data and live apps but we constantly educate our clients to do things the right way go with this you know. go with singular not with the beep <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there's a lot of things like that sometimes they love like kids they need to do their mistakes by themselves to learn. But uh, some of them will listen and say, you know what? You guys work with, you know, tens of games all over the industry We're cross-platform. We do everything from mobile to PC, web, Roblox, Minecraft games, and Web3. So we see everything all over. We have a really like, wide view of all the types of games and genres and stuff, so some tools we know that fit better for different uses. And if you use the right tools and build, like go the right path, then yes, then the, the, it's, it's easier at least than it used to be in the past because building companies and building products became easier, way easier and require less budget than it used to, if you look back mm-hmm. 15, 20 years
1: ago. Mm-hmm. And yet. There's so much out there, um, and it's so noisy in the market. Yeah, there's so many games and apps being released every single day. Even building something amazing, there's no guarantee that it'll make a dent in the universe, as Steve Jobs used to say. Anyways, a lot. This has been a lot of fun and super enjoyable. Thank you for joining us. on Thank Gold you, John.
0: That was great. Thank you. Thank you.